with a well-earned honor. Again, this is Breakfast with Kent for Wednesday, December 22nd, 2021. We're brought to you by the great people at Today's Dentistry. Call Today's Dentistry. Make an appointment. You need an advocate for your improved dental health. Dr. Mike O'Neill, the best in the business. 317-849-2933. Punch subscribe. Hit like. Ring the bell. Let's go. Darius Leonard, the AFC Defensive Player of the Week. First time this year, fourth time overall in his career. He joins Robert Mathis and Dwight Freeney as the only Colts to win that honor four times in his career. And this is only his fourth season. Uh, Darius Leonard, really, really good this past week. He is the only NFL player with a first fumble, interception, and 10, 10 tackles in a game this season. He did that against the Patriots on Saturday night. What do the Colts need to do? to beat the Arizona Cardinals, you got to stop Kyler Murray. Here's the deal with Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray has a passer rating of 80, 80 or 90 uh, or above. When he does that, the Cardinals are 8-0. When he's under 80 or 90, they are 0-3. That tells you something, all right? Uh, and, and there's a discrepancy in the math, right? We know that the Cardinals have played 14 games. Colt McCoy has three starts. Same deal. The, the Cardinals are 2-0 when his passer rating is over 80 or 90, and 0-1 when under. So you stop Kyler Murray, you stop the Cardinals, and you win the game. And here's what the Colts have done against opposing quarterbacks this season. They started way bad. Really bad. First five games, all five starting quarterbacks, including Jacoby Brissett, with a passer rating of over 100. And then they got good. Since then, they've only had one set of quarterbacks who were uh, over 100. That was against the Jets. Johnson and White both under 100 or over 100 in that game. Ryan Tannehill in a, a win for the Titans over the Colts was at 98.7. Tom Brady. 86.6. So the last five games, the Colts have held opposing quarterbacks to a passer rating of under 90. They are trending in the right direction for this game on Saturday night against the Cardinals. And we know what else has to happen. Jonathan Taylor has got to run for 100 yards. When Jonathan Taylor runs for 100 yards, the Colts, 8-0, undefeated. When he runs for less than 100 yards, they are winless at 0-6. When he runs for 100, off you go. You get the W. On hard knocks tonight, here's what you're going to see. They, and you see it in the promo, and I, I retweeted it on, on Twitter. You're, you're going to see Jonathan Taylor run that 63-yard touchdown run to seal the game, right? You see him turn around and look, and then you hear him tell Mar uh, Carson Wentz, that he was looking to the sidelines as he's in the midst of this touchdown run. He knows they're not going to catch him. The, car, or the uh, Patriots player isn't going to catch him. He's hauling ass down the right sideline, and he looks over his shoulder. He's looking to Frank Reich to see if Reich wants him to go down before he reaches the end zone. I've never heard of a guy doing that. I've never heard of a guy with the presence of mind to check with the sidelines. Usually these guys are so in the moment, they're running, they're trying to outrun a guy. He knows he's outrunning the guy to the point where he's turning to see if Reich wants him to go down. 
that is smart. That is a guy who is smart in the moment at a level that is going to win you games and could wind up winning you a championship. And that's a good thing. Because as you look at the rankings of quarterbacks, Carson Wentz not playing at the level of, of an Aaron Rodgers, a Tom Brady, a Josh Allen, a Patrick Mahomes. You need somebody who's better than everybody else on the field in order to win a championship. Not only is Jonathan Taylor the best running back in the game, he is also the smartest, maybe the smartest offensive player in the game for the Indianapolis Colts. 27 teams still have a chance at the playoffs. Uh, four of those are on life support. Uh, the teams that have been uh, eliminated, you got the Bears, Lions, Jets, Jags, and Texans. So five teams have been eliminated. Seahawks, Giants, Panthers, Falcons, they're on life support. The Colts are one of the 10 teams with a better than 80% chance at the playoffs. Colts right now 89% according to 538.com. Only the Packers have clinched with a win Saturday. The Colts, their chances to get to the playoffs would jump to 98%, and they would be 27% likely to win the AFC South. If the Titans lose this weekend, that number jumps to 49% for the Colts. And then you get into some funky math, all right? And, and granted, this is funky math. But the Chiefs, they got tough games coming up. They finished the season with three tough games. Titans, they got some tough competition coming up. You've got a situation. Uh, Patriots play the Bills this weekend. So the situation exists. Where are the Colts? If things go right for the Colts, the Colts could wind up with a first-round bye. They could wind up with the number one overall seed in the AFC. they got to win out. But after this week, the road game against Arizona, you know what? You got Vegas at Lucas Oil Stadium, and then you got Jacksonville in a total free fall at Jacksonville to wrap up the season. It, it doesn't require a real active imagination to see scenarios where the Colts win out and other teams ahead of them, including the Titans, lose a couple of games. Titans, if they lose two and the Colts win out, the Colts win the AFC South. And if they win the AFC South, they got a hell of a chance at that first round bye. Like I said, Chiefs, three tough games to finish a season. And the Titans could easily lose two of the last three games that they play this season because they are decimated by offensive injuries. Brown out, right? Uh, Julio Jones went out again with a hamstring this past week. And Derrick Henry out at least until January. We'll see how he does. But you know what? This is a team where it's kind of like the gears are all knitting at the right time, and we're going to see what happens for the Colts. But the Colts playing their best football at the right time of the year, healthier at the right time of the year, and in finding a way both on the defensive side of the ball and the offensive side of the ball to win games that a lot of people thought that they would lose, like last Saturday's game against the New England Patriots. People, when are they going to learn that the Colts are for real and that they are going to be a really tough out when we get to the middle of January, assuming that they get the win this weekend. It could all go away in a, like the blink of an eye. If the wrong things happen this weekend, if the Colts lose to the Cardinals 
and the right teams, or for the Colts, the wrong teams win, all of a sudden, instead of having a 98% chance to get to the playoffs, you got like a 27% chance to get to the playoffs. That's how tight things are in the AFC. The Colts must continue to win. But this has been the situation that they've been in since early in the year. They were 1-4. They've had their backs up against the wall for almost three months. This is a team that knows how to play its best football when everything is on the line. They do not fade from uh, extreme challenges. At least they haven't yet. And, and five guys for the, uh, for the Colts have been a player of the week. You've had three guys on special teams as the AFC player of the week. Uh, Rigoberto Sanchez twice, E.J. Speed once, could have been twice, could have given, him, given it to him again this week for recovering that fumble in the end zone. Another touchdown for E.J. Speed. Jonathan Taylor once as the AFC Offensive Player of the Week, which I frankly don't understand because he, it should have been multiple times. And then this past week, Darius uh, Leonard, who's been fantastic in getting better and better and better. The bye week came at exactly the right time for Darius Leonard. This is a team on the come. And if they can keep their heads about them and they can continue to compete at the level that they are, you win this Saturday night, all things are possible. And if they are one of the teams who benefits from a strict COVID protocol and you don't have guys check out and go on the COVID list and miss games, that's going to be a huge advantage for the Colts. Conversely, if the guys, they go onto the COVID list, things could get a little bit dicey. Uh, Indiana, Northern Kentucky tonight. Northern Kentucky is not very good. Uh, they're ranked 197th on Ken Palm, but that doesn't begin to tell the story. They have losses to Eastern Kentucky, Purdue-Fort Wayne, Cleveland State, Western Illinois, UNC Greensboro, and DePaul. Uh, then, Indiana, next Wednesday, they close out the non-conference portion of the season with a game against UNC Asheville. They're ranked 259th. So these two games are to kind of get yourself together and, and start operating offensively in a way that's going to be able to win you some Big Ten games. Right now, Ken Palm projects Indiana at 21-10 and 10 in the regular season and 11-9 and 9 in the Big Ten. I will take that. If I had a choice to allow Indiana to play the rest of the season and we take our chances... Or we say, you know what, we'll take what Ken Palm gives us. I take the 11-9 in the Big Ten, the 21-10, and 10, and I run like a thief in the night. I don't trust this team to comport itself offensively in a way that's going to allow it to win games against equivalent opponents in terms of talent in the Big Ten. They defend really, really well. But offensively, this team is a bit of a mess. And they have got to clean that up over these two weeks and then get after it once Big Ten play starts. One of the good things about the Big Ten, you've got one team in the top ten. And that's Purdue ranked third, according to Ken Palm. Then you've got uh, Illinois, I think at 14, Michigan at 16-ish. So you, you've got teams in the top 20, but only one in the top ten. And Indiana plays Purdue twice. They also, they've got another game against Nebraska, the worst team in the Big Ten at this point, according to Ken Palm rankings. So, um, you know what? Give me 500, a little bit over. Scotch over at 11-9 and nine in the Big Ten. Happy. 
and uh, we go dancing for the first time since 2016. Remember 2016? That's when Indiana eliminated Kentucky in the NCAA tournament. That was fantastic. I was in Vegas for that game. That was wonderful. I had a great time that week. Uh, Pacers, they lost last night 125-96. The Heat had a lot of injury issues. No Jimmy Butler, no problem for the uh, Miami Heat. Malcolm Brogdon was limited to eight minutes last night for the Pacers, who, like I said, were just not competitive in this game. Uh, Brogdon, the eight minutes. Chris Duarte, Karis LeVert, led the Pacers in scoring with 17. Rockets tomorrow at Gainbridge Fieldhouse. The Rockets suck. The Rockets are 10-21. and 21. They've got a game tonight at Milwaukee, so it's a back-to-back on the road. And, and uh, the Pacers have the night off tonight. Pacers have got to win tomorrow night. They've got to start winning at some point, not quite halfway through the season, but closing in on the halfway mark in the season. They played 32 of 82 games. You, you dig yourself too deep a hole, you're not getting to the playoffs. And right now, play, the Pacers do not look like a playoff team. They look like a team that is going to be a seller at the trade deadline. I would expect Miles Turner to wear another jersey at some point in the not-so-distant future. He's the longest-tenured Pacer. He's been a Pacer since his being drafted 11th overall in 2015. He's an elite-level rim protector, but not a, uh, not a guy that you're going to feature offensively, which bothers Miles Turner. But if you can't be a featured player offensively for this team at 13-19, and 19, who the hell are you going to play for? where you think you're going to be featured. You think you're going to be something other than an offensive role player. Are you out of your mind? All right, let's, and I'm speaking directly to Miles Turner. Uh, let's celebrate some birthdays, shall we? Denny Oxley, happy birthday. Mike Campbell, happy birthday. Sam Weaver, Ron Rutland Jr., the great Barry Kent, happy birthday. The great John Shambi, celebrating a birthday. Greg Jarrett, Joy Hafner, and Kelly Schreiber, happy birthday. If today's your birthday, you celebrate like hell. And if it's not your birthday, you celebrate somebody else that's best done with an honest and specific compliment. Lift each other up. Don't pull each other down, especially during the holidays. Be good to each other. Be thankful for what you have and, and for maybe some of the misfortune that you do not have. That'd be good. Let's watch Hard Knocks tonight. Let's watch your Hoosiers roll over Northern Kentucky. Let's have a great night, shall we? And then a 